Not only do I turn looks, I turn bottoms into tops. I might be a bear, but deep down I'm just a kitten. Hello, and welcome to the Real House Bears of Salt Lake City podcast. It's been really a fantastic week since we dropped our first episode. Thank you all so much. It's been a whirlwind, but we are so excited for the second episode. Seriously, the reception that we've gotten since we released the first episode has been really fantastic on social media and all of the different podcast platforms that we're now available on. At the end of this podcast, we will post all the links and all of the other podcast platforms that we are streaming on. Woohoo! Well, let's go ahead and get into episode two. A snow mountain of trouble. Well, we get lots of snow in this episode and we get lots of drama. But we're starting off finishing off Meredith's birthday party, but let's be honest here, it's really just Jen Shaw's party. Jen Shaw's party of the century. Right? And Jen Shaw is still yelling and screaming about Mary disrespecting her family by saying that they smelled like hospital. Bad choice of words. <laughs> well, if Jen wasn't really at the hospital, then clearly no one really smelled like hospital. So Mary had to have been saying that just to be what Jen says is a, quote, evil ass bitch. Uh, every single time it's Mary's turn for her confessional, she just kind of backtracks all of the stuff that she's trying to do. Like she'll, Like in her testimony, she just goes, her whole crew smells like hospital. Yeah, what would be so difficult about saying, you know what, what I said hurt your feelings, and I'm sorry about that. Then we wouldn't have the Real Housewives of franchise. <laughs> true, true. I don't know if there's really been a housewife that has ever said that after, without having lots of different They though. will be off the show. <laughs> right, right. But Jen, Jen Shaw equates Mary saying that her and her family or friends smell like hospital to a baby is smelling like cancer. Now, that's quite an example. That's a huge jump. <laughs> but you know what? Animals can smell cancer, so I mean, it's not that far-fetched okay. that you could smell cancer. Fair enough. Fair enough. And listen, with all the animal print clothes and fur in this show, um, it's not too far-fetched. You're this right. this season so far has been, the outfits have been like pink, black, white, and animal skin. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty incredible. The, the, this episode in particular has very much of a pink, black, and white color scheme for their wardrobe from beginning to end. But, you know, Mary, I don't think that Mary was necessarily disrespecting Jen's family, as she said, but some things are just better left unsaid. And if one of my friends or close acquaintances or castmates, for that matter, was just, you know, was going through something like that, I wouldn't say it out loud. Well, I think also Jen Shaw is very sensitive on this matter because you find out that she spent like nine days in the hospital with her dying father from cancer. And if anybody that has to go through that or knows anybody that goes through that, you know how much trauma that can put on somebody. Um, I don't think necessarily it can be considered trauma if you're just going to the hospital for a bunch of sweat gland removals and nose jobs and stuff. So that's the reason why you don't like hospitals. Like you could keep that to yourself because people are going through 
way worse things in life. Yeah, tell it to a friend. Don't don't try to offend your castmate. But it's been pretty clear that um, not only is Heather gay, like, why is this argument still happening? But people on social media are not really so much into this argument either. I don't think it needs to be an argument anymore. Um, I think after Mary said, you know, come on, girl, just give me a hug. Like, I just want... I just, I, I'm trying to say sorry, but talking isn't clearly isn't doing well. So I could see that Mary really wants to just move on from this. Yeah, well, I mean, and why wouldn't she? But I really love when Mary was, let's just say, prodded by the producers to go in, talk to Jen, and <laughs> kind of squash this thing. So she walks in in her Christmas tree dress, her white tights, her black stilettos, and her one black. Gucci glove. Can we talk about this unmatching Gucci leather glove? Not into it. Not into her style. Not into... I don't know. I'm just not into pastors and people that are in the church that are spending their money on these types of things because I can guarantee you half of their congregation couldn't even afford that one glove. Right, right. You know, a lot of women who are, you know, up in age oftentimes, like my girl Madonna, they'll wear a lot of, they'll wear gloves to hide, like, age spots and, you know, that type of thing. But Mary doesn't look, I mean, she looks youthful. She She looks like she's in good shape. And I guess it's just a fashion statement, but Mary... We need to be making other statements. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into it. Um, but Meredith tried to come in and rescue, but Jen is clearly not ready to forgive once you see her in the confessional, and she calls her Mary M. Cosby, which I just <laughs> love. It's like when you're like in trouble by your mom or your grandma or something, they use your full name. Right, You're right. like, ooh, I'm in trouble. And then Mary, actually, again, I, I'm, I'm hard on Mary, and I've got even more horrible things to say about her, but... She kind of tries to squash this in a way that I do. When I think that someone is arguing me about arguing with me about something that's kind of silly, um, and again, normally I would have apologized for hurting their feelings, but she's like, "Can we just hug this out? This isn't going anywhere. Can we just hug this out and be done with it?" And I, I, I related to Mary on that way. That's kind of the way I like to end things sometimes myself. A lot of times, personal affection can squash something more than words could. Yeah, like, uh, um, but then again, your actions afterwards need to match well, what your your personal connection was. And Mary's confessional show that she's really not sincere about it. No. Um, But Mary has been coming out with some good lines this episode that has made me like her a little bit. Like, when they're in the middle of all this fight and they hug it out and then they start walking off, Mary's like, you can't be mad at me in that dress. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, honestly, Jen Shaw is in this beautiful pink outfit that's just sparkly from head to toe and it's just you know you gotta be happy when you're wearing this. yes yes <laughs> yeah go come happy. on come on zen jen let's keep going yeah you look too pretty <laughs> let's quit being angry and then cut to lisa and whitney talking about whitney's vow renewal uh-oh don't you think it's a bit strange that none of the other housewives other than heather gay was was invited to this vow renewal yes and also to find out that Lisa donated her Vita tequila to the party to serve up to 500 people, she says. Yeah, not, and not just the tequila, but also, like, the mixers. And bartenders. So, you know, Whitney tells Lisa, hey, 
the night was great, but your bartenders got a little bit wild. They were breaking stuff. They were drinking our liquor. Um, they were clearly having as much fun as the rest of us. It's very unprofessional, and I know that Whitney was just trying to say that to be like, hey, heads up, these people that were representing your brand were drinking and breaking glasses and stuff, and it's, it wasn't great, but I just wanted to let you know. And then she like finishes off her sentences. Each sentence that Whitney says, she leaves a compliment yeah. for Lisa. So you could tell that she's just trying to bring up this difficult situation, but Lisa took it as a huge insult against her brand. Yeah, Whitney was really gracious about it, but Lisa was not interested in hearing it. And listen, if, that was, if they were my employees, I would want to know about that. But I think the biggest issue here is that Whitney said it on camera. Later, Lisa refers to, you know, we could lose our liquor license and all of this other, other different things. So I bet you if this conversation was off camera, it would have been a very different conversation. Yeah, I agree. But if, you, if you're hiring people to do a service, they're representing your business. So Whitney wasn't the one trying to destroy it. Your bartenders were. Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> Lisa gives us one of the greatest quotes so far this season, and maybe even the best quote so far this season, which I probably said last week, too. But if I give you a Chanel necklace and you choke on it, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but if you hire somebody to put that necklace on somebody and they choke you out with it, then it's your problem. I wonder which one of Jen Shaw's assistants is the one that puts on her Chanel necklaces. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. All I know is that I want to be her assistant that carries around the train to her dress. Yes. That yes. is all I want yes. in life. Can I please just be a train holder? Right. It's amazing. So, um, you know, Lisa says, okay, we're good. Let's squash this. Let's talk about something else. Then immediately runs to Meredith and complains about her and is like, I've got to leave. I'm leaving. And then leaves. Kind of falling in love with Whitney more and more as the season goes um she's really smart i think but um <laughs> i love it that she's like i don't even drink her tequila if i'm gonna drink tequila i'm gonna drink casamigos <laughs> and i did a little research and i uh, found something interesting about uh casamigos What's that? Um, it's actually founded by george clooney i didn't know that part um and it's the healthiest tequila out there it's only 64 calories Ooh, i did ounce. not know that I did try to find out how much Vita tequila, like the nutrition value of it. I couldn't find it online. I only did like a five minute search, but it should be a little bit easier than that. So we're going to have to buy a bottle. Hey folks, if you know the nutritional value of Vita tequila, send us a DM. <laughs> so that's how this scene ends. Lisa walking off in a huff. And then we come back um, to Jen Shaw again with and her team trying to clean up before Sharif or Coach Shaw comes home. Oh my gosh, does it just remind you of like throwing a party at your house and your parents are coming home so you're like rushing to clean the house. Everybody's grabbing stuff and like vacuuming and cleaning before the parents get home and just as the parents get home, they all leave out the back window, the back door. It is the parents hysterical. don't even know a thing. Right. Although Coach Sharif definitely knew stuff was going on and that it was a big party. And I love it that he's like, well, how many people came to the party? Jen Shaw's like, oh, just the girls. Just the girls. And then she's like, I guess she popped her neck or something at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did, we, Jen Shaw did say either, it was on Which One Happens Live or social media, I don't remember which, that actually when he got there, the red carpet was still out. So he knew that was, he knew what was going on. Oh yeah. And plus he knows his wife. <laughs> right. I think he comes to understand like what comes with Jen Shaw. Right. I mean, listen, you have to, but she's, she's no holds barred, right? Ugh, I love her. And then cut to Whitney on a stripper pole. What could be better than that? Okay. I do have to say something about this. 
Whitney has inspired me to take pole dancing lessons. I support that. And mostly really. because I need to really like work out my core. And also, it's I think it'd be fun. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to let everybody know how that goes. I wonder if they make stripper poles big enough for bears. Ooh, uh, I think I think those are like structural support beams. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then um, uh, Whitney's daughter says, "What have you been doing all of your life that I've been missing out on?" <laughs> I, I'm just loving Whitney. I'm loving Whitney's family, and you know, I'm, she married an older man. I can identify with that. I imagine that. <laughs> you know, um, this episode and episode three, which they streamed a week early. You really get to know Whitney a lot better, and I'm so glad about that. I feel like I kind of misjudged her as kind of, I don't want to say a dumb blonde, because I never thought she was unintelligent, but you know, just, she's really proving herself to be very strong, to be very intelligent, to be very thoughtful, and to have uh, foresight. So I'm really excited to watch her journey. I identify a lot with her the more I'm getting to know her because, as you know, my first relationship um, was eight years long and he was twice my age. And it was kind of hard to get him, like, involved with my family. My family was very hesitant. And, you know, you get a lot of side looks from people that are around you, like your friends. But we were together for eight years and I wouldn't have changed it for anything. He's still my best friend. So I kind of identify with her and the struggles that she has to go through. But if you're dating an older man, I think you have an old soul and I'm finding that to be true with Whitney Whitney has a very old soul she's very very smart nurturing. and she's very nurturing and she's intuitive and I, I I'm falling in love more and more with Whitney yeah me too I agree wholeheartedly now move to my girl Heather Gay trying on <laughs> I love her so much she's just like trying on her outfits in the house and she's like answering her phone calls in it I'm just that's, loving that's it I've done that so many times too many to count, but uh, too many to admit. Right. <laughs> now, I will say in a lot of the housewife cities, when they're planning an event or they're planning a get-together or something like that, it oftentimes feels very forced and like, oh, guess what, everyone? We're going to Taiwan. Or guess what? We're going to Portugal. Like, you didn't know that. But I thought this, like, hey, we need a ski day together. I feel that's very natural in Utah. Oh, very nice. And it's so close. I mean... Um, Snowbird is actually in Sandy, Utah, which is just like a 20-minute drive from Salt... Not even 20, it's like 15-minute drive from downtown Salt Lake City. Um, the mountains are just so close to Salt Lake City itself that a snow day is a 30-minute drive anywhere you will yeah, get from. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Snowbird is... I haven't been there yet, but... Um, Heather Gay sure loves it. <laughs> um, I've been there for two big when I um, came for work, which we'll talk about that in just a little bit. I've been seeing on social media a lot of people saying, well, these ladies don't even live in Salt Lake City. Some of them live in West Jordan, or, I don't know, or, you know, all these different suburbs. But I'm like, you guys don't understand. It's all Salt Lake City. Yeah, Salt Lake City is huge. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, just like any big city, there are lots of different suburbs that make up the greater Salt Lake City area. Yeah, exactly. And then we cut to Lisa's house talking about her Swarovski-covered tequila bottles for Sundance. And then turns to her son to ask about seminary. <laughs> I, I do love her kids' names. Henry and Jack. I, I think that's it. the cutest name yes. for two boys in the world. Yeah, you don't meet a lot of younger people with those names, so I think it's really, really cute. And listen, I want to clarify. Again, I said this last week. I'm totally okay with Lisa selling her tequila. Girl, you be you. You sell some tequila. But I do feel like it's a, a bit of a contradiction to her faith. I mean, there's so many contradictions to everybody's faith. <laughs> I mean, 
what faith can you do without breaking any kind of rules? Not too many. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I have, I, I think I remember Catholics saying that they like to drink, but don't quote me on that. And please don't be offended by Catholics. I don't know. <laughs> but Lisa tells her husband about the upcoming ski day with the girls, and she is not. Even though she said at the party we're good, she is not happy hanging out with Whitney. And Lisa's husband is a really good husband. Husbands around the world need to take a note from this guy when he says, so um, do you want me to give you advice or do you want me to just listen? Yeah, do you want me to listen or do you want me to give you feedback? But Lisa just sat there and just vented and vented and vented for it seemed like eternity and her husband just sat there and just listened and I thought, I, that's a great marriage right there. Yeah, they kept like fading between different scenes of just Lisa complaining about Whitney. And finally he's like, I will handle this however you want me to handle this. I'm the kind of person who, like, if you're going through something, I'm going to want to fix it for you. Yeah, and I'm the type of person that when I'm going through something, I need a bitch about it. (laughs) Yeah, so I really, uh, that was a really great response from him. Lisa then says that she and Whitney are fine. She says that Whitney texted her the next day after the party and Lisa didn't want to communicate over text so they had a phone call and Lisa says, we're fine. We'll find out later that that's not necessarily the truth. Yeah, I don't think the whole we're fine, we're good is going to be good or yeah. fine. <laughs> no, right? Now, Lisa, only Lisa's good because she wants to drop it, but Whitney clearly has a little bit more to say about it in the next coming. Well, well, it seems like Lisa wanted to have the last word in it, but there's a two-way street when you're having a conversation with somebody. Yes, yes, yes. And then what could be more fun than watching Heather Gay at the Powderhouse Ski Shop? Now, what's really fun about this for me is, oddly enough, Powderhouse Ski Shop was the very first, like, store or shop that I ever went to in Salt Lake City. Isn't that weird? It's so, it's a coincidence. Yeah, so (laughs) the place that I work for my day job trying to support me to become an international podcast star is right across the street from Powderhouse Ski Shop. And then there's a Starbucks on the other side of that Powderhouse Ski Shop. So um, when I got the job and came here to Salt Lake City, I stayed at that Hyatt place that you can actually see in the scene behind the Powderhouse Ski Shop. So like my very first day there I went from that Hyatt place into the Powderhouse ski shop just to take a look around on my way to the Starbucks of course so um, when I saw that I was kind of excited and was really able to relate to that what if you like just had missed them oh my god could you imagine <laughs> you just didn't even know I would be so angry about that uh, but I love I love Heather Gay so much, and she's trying on shoe the boots and stuff, and she's like, no, I don't want Rosmanol. Is that how you spit, Rosmanol? I have no idea. Anyways, she doesn't want to be considered old on the slopes, and so I kind of like, I looked up just to see how long Rosmanol has been around. They've been around for over 100 years. They started oh, wow. in 1902, so I guess that will age you a bit. Even I don't even own Rosmanol skis. I own, like, 
six eighty six, I think. But what is? I was just curious as to, as to like the only old people wear that brand. I, I was very, I was a little bit confused about that. But apparently, we're not going to be wearing anything that's Rosenthal brand. <laughs> you can be, I yeah, you can be guaranteed. I will not be that. I love. Um, here's another a black and white scene between um, Heather Gay and Whitney are very color coordinated and they're black and white and Heather Gay like hula hooping in her white skirt dancing in her boots I, Heather Gay dan- can I just have a thousand <laughs> memes of Heather Gay dancing I just love her she dances like me too she starts with one action and then you throw in like an arm action slowly and then you're like boom then you yeah. got like a rhythm going <laughs> Whitney's like no one's gonna guess your age by your boots and Heather definitely disagrees and then we find out that Heather has skied like every single Saturday since she was a kid she was a ski bunny as a child yes she says if you haven't if you live here and haven't skied it's a travesty well I'm ashamed to say that my life is a travesty (laughs) I feel bad because I do own a snowboard I just haven't snowboarded here yet I've snowboarded up at Lake Tahoe which is one of the top skiing areas as well Um, So I'm really excited to compare it to Utah when I start snowboarding here in Utah to compare the snow. (laughs) Well, I grew up on the the other side of the country where uh, skiing and snow doesn't really happen a whole lot. I've never even put a pair of ski boots on. What are these two things? Are these skis? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) After trying on all the clothes, Heather and Whitney have a sit and start talking about their feelings and Heather's hurt feelings about Lisa not acknowledging her at the party. It is weird how this all transpired at the party, um, but I, I just feel like Lisa only can see herself. She only has like a one perspective, so she doesn't really see people around her, so I don't think she was affected by the missing of the hug at the party as much as Heather was. But, I mean, it's so rude to say, oh, well, I don't even know that person, but I did hear that she's a good time girl. It's just like, that's just rude. Like, why would you say that? I just feel Lisa is just being nasty. Yeah, and it comes back to bite her in the butt a lot. And uh, people on social media are not feeling Lisa very much either. Uh, they, uh, they feel a lot of these similar things. But Heather and Whitney are planning a ski day with the girls, and Whitney even asks, why was Lisa invited? And Heather says, because we have a history, and she's part of the group, and I just wanted to be better. Oh, and plus she's part of the show. That, that's what part of the group means, you know? <laughs> but then we find out from Whitney that she actually texted Lisa to try to squash things and you know Lisa said that she called her and gave her friendly advice well we find out from Whitney that Lisa basically kind of attacked her and said don't come for my entities or I'll use rumors against you and the rumors are that she's a swinger Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later on when it comes to um, light but this is kind of what's the, the backdrop of this fight is One of the reasons why Whitney says that this whole swinger thing could become about is because they have some really, really super close friends. And listen, I have several very close friends that people could assume I'm swinging with because I like to be affectionate and close and huggy and touchy with my friends. Um, Plus, Whitney does have a history of polygamy in her family. (laughs) 
who used to communicate with the can and wire telephone system. I'm too young for that. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Well, when I was a kid, (laughs) you would take two, like, cans from, like, canned vegetables or whatever and attach them with a string, and supposedly if you spoke into one can, you could hear it in the other can. Now, I don't... I don't know if that really works. I, I never thought it really worked as a kid. I just kind of pretended it did so that I would fit in with the cool kids, but I never really heard Oh, of it. it's scientifically proven that the vibrations in the string can connect to the other can and reverberate the words back into your ear. Well, that's amazing, and that's how clearly <laughs> the polygamists communicated between homes back in the day when the police came. Yeah, they would just say, hey, hide the wives. And uh, so you don't get a ticket. Um, And if we want to talk about polygamy a little bit more, I actually have a little bit of information about polygamy. Um, Polygamy is marrying more than one spouse. Uh, Do you know what polyandry is? Polyandry? Yeah, that is actually when the female has multiple husbands. Oh, so okay, polygamy is a husband with multiple wives. Polyandry, did you say? Yes. As a wife with many husbands. Curious. It is illegal in all 50 states, (laughs) but in February of this year, the House Senate reduced it to the status of a traffic ticket. Oh, wow. In Utah. So for a woman to have multiple husbands is equal to a traffic ticket. No, both. Uh, Both. Polygamy and uh, polyandry. Yeah, it's illegal in, in 50 states. But in Utah, in February of 2020, the House Senate reduced it to the status of a traffic ticket, um, which is very interesting. And there is a, um, a, a, a documentary on Netflix called Three Wives, One Husband, which is about um, a man that has two wives with 17 kids, because there is a lot of polygamy in Hilldale, Utah, and Rockland Ranch. Um, so it does happen um, to this day, and if you want to check it out, go to Netflix and look up Three Wives, One Husband. Um, I watched it a while ago. Um, It was very interesting. I'm going to watch it again so I can bring more uh, information to this podcast. There you go. Uh, This is great because we get to dig deeper into Whitney's history, a little bit more of her past. We find out that she took a church history tour instead of going on a senior trip. She was a perfect Mormon girl. Uh, It was a senior trip to Maui. Right. And she would rather go do a church study, which shows how devoted she was to the church. And it's a shame because it's it how quickly the church abandoned her. Well, well clearly she abandoned the church when she got home and she got dirty with her boyfriend, drank some beer and never felt bad about it again. You know, a lot of people, especially people of faith, really rush into marriage, mostly, and I've had this confirmed from a lot of my friends, not have, you know, saving sex until marriage is one thing that really (laughs) makes them rush into marriage a little bit more. But, you know, you know, affairs are not okay, but it's really clear that both her husband, her current husband and she were both into it, both in on it. so and it's they it was clear that they are a relationship that seems to be meant to be together now i don't condone lying and cheating but what i do condone is going to your spouse and saying hey this is what i'm going through and we have to figure out if we can fix this 
communication is the the biggest key to a successful re- relationship. Yeah. So, but after you know, after fifteen years, hopefully both of their former spouses have moved on, and the pain is less. But they seem to be a really happy couple, and I'm rooting for them for sure. I'm sure rooting for them too. I really like them together. I'm, I'd like to see more of her husband's personality, and I'm sure we'll get to more of that in this series. And then we end this scene with um, Heather saying that Lisa feels superior to everyone, and that's why she's so judgy, and that she always tries to solicit a hot ski instructor when they go skiing. (laughs) Well, who wouldn't? There's that good time girl. Good time girl. Back at Whitney's house, we see that Whitney also has a son named Brooks, who she says, the phone sucks your brains out. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I'm going to say something about this. At first, it was video games with children. Parents would be like, you're going to rot your brain. And now it's like video. Phones are rotting your brain. Um, Video games have brain teasers. Video games have strategic plays in them. You have to actually think about what you're doing in most video games. So what I'm going to do from now on, when I see somebody that's older that is playing a word game or like a crossword puzzle, I'm just going to slap it out of their hand and be like, that's going to rot your brain. (laughs) Then in comes Project Runway Season 7 winner, Seth Aaron. No, you didn't. (laughs) No, you didn't. Okay, I have to thank Dave Quinn on Twitter. If you don't follow Dave Quinn, he's a Bravo expert, and I stole... I've been trying to place, like, who does Whitney's dad look like? Who does Whitney's dad look like? And when Dave Quinn posted on Twitter, I was like, that's who... That is him. I kept wanting to say Richie Sambora, but no. Seth Aaron from Project One Ray really is the right Uh. answer. Um, But when he's a daddy's girl, um, kind of like mothers and daughters are normally close, she has that relationship with her dad she, she talked to him about boys problem boy problems and you know friend problems and all those things that girls normally go to their moms for but you have a lot of sisters so you probably have more insight into that well well actually mothers and daughters don't get along that well <laughs> at least in your situation at least in my situation <laughs> like they do but they don't like they want to be best friends but like mothers sometimes will tell their daughters what they don't want to hear and uh, they don't like that very much so this whole the father daughter dynamic is much more like relevant and much more it It resonates with you exactly um so uh, i i love it that they have a close relationship and i love it that they have a new stronger relationship after her father came out with her father's addiction to opiates what i have found out more and more after living here in utah that opioids are becoming a kind of a big problem with Um, addiction in Utah and it's becoming an addiction because of course Mormons can't do drugs and stuff but if it's prescribed by a doctor it's technically not a drug so all these people are getting addicted to opiates so easily because doctors are just prescribing them to people Um, I've actually seen firsthand what that type of addiction will do to somebody I had a close friend that got addicted to opioids after being in two car wrecks so it was easy for her she wasn't planning on getting addicted to it but she had to take it for pain so much that her body got addicted to it Um, 
by the end of it, she was kicked out of her house and her parents wouldn't take care of her. So I had her come stay with me. The first night was terrifying. She couldn't even drink out of a, a can. She couldn't even lift her hands to her face. I woke up in the middle of the night just to check to see if she was even breathing. But we ended up getting her to a rehab facility and treatment and they prescribed her methadone to help her get off of it. Because if you quit opioids completely just cold turkey, you can die from that. Um, so it's a very serious, serious, serious addiction. Um, so I feel really bad that she is having to do this on her own with her father because you find out that basically everybody abandoned her uh, father because of that. And um, it's they say in the Mormon culture, I guess, addiction is a consequence to your choices. So they didn't even care to try to help him. So um, it just makes me love Whitney so much more. And that's what religion should be showing, is you taking care and loving people for who they are and the trials and tribulations that they go through. Yeah, as I said earlier, it's really easy to just quickly categorize Whitney as like a dumb blonde but this episode really shows her strength her tenacity her compassion you know her father was a self-made millionaire he was uh, he had salons hair care products hair schools and lost it all due to addiction and Whitney was the one person to stay by his side support him help him help him get clean you know it looks like he's on a really good road to recovery I, uh, I'm, I'm really liking this storyline and I um, hoping for the best outcome on this. For sure, for sure. It's a, I really like watching their relationship. I love it that her father said, I prayed for the rain, now I had to deal with the mud. I oh, loved that. And it, it's very powerful because it's true. Like, you can't just get over something so easily. You have to trudge through it. Um, whether it's addiction, whether it's, you know, even back to... Um, Infidelity in your marriage, uh, all these different things. I think those are really words that a lot of people want a quick fix, and I think that's something. Yeah, that and I, f I feel like religion is more of a disease right now. Even the church has disowned them and stuff. Um, honestly, I think comic books should be the new uh, Bibles. Oh, yeah? Well, just because, like, they show power struggle between good and evil, and it's like got awesome characters and powers, and, you know, basically that's what a lot of like religious books are characters to look up to to look up to and you know what they 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 don't say in comic books i will save you because i'm superman oh you're gay oh never mind you know <laughs> so you don't ever see that in like comic books so i think comic books should be a new religion <laughs> well, bravotv.com bravo is my bible <laughs> <laughs> What I don't love to see, though, is this next scene with Meredith and Seth. Oh, it's so heartbreaking because uh. we find out that they've been separated and Meredith hasn't been talking about it. And he's like, okay, who have you been told? Do people know? Well, now everyone knows. Um, but Meredith blames, you know, physical distance, busy lives, and most importantly, lack of communication as the problem of why they're separated and the problem with their marriage. Yeah, I'm, it's uncomfortable to watch, and it's, it's <laughs> what I do love about what these franchises do is it's always during dinners that they have these big conversations, and it the waiters always come up at the worst possible times to bring their drinks, and it's so funny because the table just goes silent, 
and nobody talks when that waiter comes up. <laughs> I like to look at it as the editors really make it put the most awkward moments. I feel like the editors really know when to put those waiters in those really awkward moments in the scenes. I think that the housewives across the board all have some of the best editing in television. So they're talking about the relationship and their marriage and all this stuff and that waiter comes by the worst possible moment and brings them this drink. Do you remember what the drink was called? No. It's called Impossible Dream, which is kind of ironic in the situation that they're trying to save their marriage. Well, yeah, that is, uh, that's coincidence and irony all right there wrapped up in one, right? Exactly. Um, and, then, and then Seth, their husband, makes an analogy saying that Meredith is not putting in the work and says, you know, extra reps or another 10 minutes on the treadmill emotionally, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's such a coach thing to say. Yeah, that's but it's also true. I think you should really stop and take an extra moment to understand your feelings. Well, the, the sentiment is definitely true, for sure. But if you were to be say, well, maybe you should do an extra emotional 10 reps or an emotional 10 <laughs> minutes on the treadmill, I'd be like, that is a... Don't, I'd be like, shut up. Don't coach me. Don't <laughs> right? coach me right don't now. Okay, me. now I'm pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me some... And then he says, tell me something I don't know about you. And her response is, tell me something I don't know about you. Oh, she- and he goes on to say that he's totally transparent. He's an open book. He's like, look, you could even go through all of my messages on my phone. I don't even care. And he says, Meredith, you would never hand me your phone. And she, uh, she's like, that's those messages were meant for you, not for me, and vice versa. And right. I agree with her on this. I do too. I listen. You can look through my phone anytime that you want, but let me say, nothing good ever comes out of looking through someone else's phone. You know we talk to our friends about our spouses and about our other friends we vent to them we and things can be misconstrued and mistranslated to mean something that you didn't mean so again you could look through my phone anytime you want but i'm pretty sure something that was pretty innocent to me would probably offend you and in this digital age everything is done on digital paper there's not a lot of conversations from person to person that happen these days so those conversations are personal for you and that person so i do feel like you you don't need to go through somebody's phone to trust them you should trust your spouse but you know it's different for everybody yeah, nonetheless, this, this scene is very... It's hard to watch, and Meredith even tweeted um, during the episode about how hard it was for her to watch. Um, the part that was hardest for me to watch was the very last moment, though, when, he, when Seth is like, well, I'm not dating anyone. I'm sure hope she isn't, and she doesn't respond. Oh, gosh, it's the silence. And then they take an awkward toast to fun. I think that her husband was going to say something, and then Meredith was like, let's toast to fun. And I'm like, you are like the least fun person on this show. I don't know if I agree with that, but it was a really bad like way to get out of the conversation. You know I love me some Meredith. We're finally at the group ski trip to, at Snowbird, and the ladies are asking for a bellman so they don't have to carry their equipment. Listen, that equipment is heavy. I believe that. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Um, 
And then Mary shows up a little bit late, about to die going up these stairs. And to be honest with you, Mary doesn't look that bad, but she really pales in comparison to Lisa. Like, whatever you want to say about Lisa, she looks, her, she wins the uh, snowsuit competition for me in that checkered outfit with the pink fur. She looks amazing. I love it. It's so sexy. But the reason why Mary was actually late is because she was waiting for a package. It was actually the jacket that she's wearing, right? Oh, I don't know. I missed that part. I really do love that black jacket that she's wearing in her confessional, though. Ugh, that's sexy. You know I love black and gold. Yeah, that black jacket she's wearing in a confessional with the gold uh, studs on it and then the gold, like, tiger print sequin blouse looks pretty fierce. <laughs> but and then Lisa <laughs> talks... So that Mary's buying a new outfit to go skiing and then Lisa's like, listen, if I can inspire people by looking good to want to even ski and want to be out here in the cold, then I've done my job. <laughs> what a high pressure job she has I, I, I don't know if she's doing it though because I don't know if just like looking pretty in the snow is going to make you want to go out there well listen again I've never skied and those of you who know me personally know that I'm oftentimes hesitant to try new things because I don't like to embarrass myself but I kind of related to it I'm like oh you mean I can just go and look cute if I can go and look cute I might try it Oh, that is so true. That is so, <laughs> that is such a you thing. <laughs> right? You're like, right. I'll go. I'm going to look like I do it, but I'm not going to do it. I might not even put on my skis, but I'm going to look. You good. are like Jen Shaw, because Jen Shaw even comes out. Well, first of all, Jen Shaw comes out right now, and she just goes, excuse me, I'm here. I think I've done that multiple times walking uh, into a room. I think you do that every time you walk into a room. <laughs> You know me so well. That's why we got married. <laughs> so Jen's actually walking in on a conversation between Heather and Whitney and Dre. I believe it's D-R-E. It's Heather's business partner. Partner, They're talking about the difference between snowboarding and skiing. And now I don't know the difference too much between other than one's two skis and one's one snowboard. Um, there's no K in snowboard. That's one difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, I personally, I haven't, to be serious now, I guess, I haven't skied, but I have snowboarded a lot. Uh, snowboarding and skiing is very different by the way it moves in the snow. Um, so I honestly, I don't really know the difference between skiing and snowboarding, to be honest with you. Um, people prefer it one way or the other. Um, I want to try skiing uh, because I feel like I will be able to do it a little bit better then snowboarding, I feel like I'm a little bit too old for snowboarding right now. I feel like I have a, a Rosignol snowboard, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to try skiing, but I have heard from other people that uh, saying that skiing is very hard too and you have a bigger chance of like breaking your leg. Uh, well, I mean, listen, that's how we lost Natasha Richardson. I mean, I, I was I, I was no, we didn't lose Sunny Bono to that. We lost Sunny Bono to a tree while skiing. Yeah, yeah, up yeah. at Lake Tahoe, by oh, the way. See? Well, there you go. <laughs> um, Jen, Jen Shaw's outfit, though, she and listen, she's coming up, she's right neck and neck with Whitney for, or Lisa for the best outfit. That tiger or leopard print ski suit is sickening. Oh, I just love her style so much. Oh my gosh, and she still has a tiff 
with Mary, of course. Oh, yeah, she just decides to, like, ignore her pretty much. Bring it to the bunny hill. Bring it to the bunny hill, you black diamond. I'm going to start saying that from now on. Whenever I'm just irritated with someone, I'm be like, bring it to the bunny hill. I, because you know, I, I'm not very intimidated, and I don't think so. I think Bunny Hill is like the perfect thing to. Like, I meet support up. that. That's a, that's a good. That's a good like comeback for Salt Lake City. Yeah, like, bring I, it to the Bunny Hill. Bring it to the Bunny Hill. So if you want to step outside, bring it to the Bunny Hill. Work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jen Shaw said her best quote of the episode is, "When I post a picture of myself on Instagram, they're going to think I'm on the Black Diamond because I look Black Diamond." Okay. Now, I didn't know what that meant, so I did a little bit of research, and, but you knew what it meant all along. Yeah, Black Diamond is actually the difficulty level. It's actually the highest difficulty level of uh, snowboarding or skiing. It actually goes green circle, blue square, Black Diamond. Black Diamond, it's a, mostly the incline of the mountain um, that makes it so difficult to traverse. Um, personally, I've never gone down a Black Diamond because it's too scary. I love a bunny hill. I love a bunny hill. But I also love a green circle. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume Black Diamond had to do with like her jet black hair and diamonds. And I, I, I had Com- no idea it, that it was a ski thing. That's a common mistake with you East Coasters. I've uh, never been on a mountain. Right. We just think <laughs> that Black Diamonds are jewelry. Oh my gosh. Um, all the girls get together, then walk, there's a scene of them, like, slow walking in their ski fashions. Oh! It is really so fierce. It's pretty hot. I wish it was a little bit longer, because it's a really hot moment. Um, but then they take a little tram to the top, and, you know, we hear for the... Again, how much Heather Gay loves to ski, and so she's slaying it on the slopes. And did you know that actually she was dealing with the flu during this? She was? Yes. I think, again, it was on Watch What Happens Live when I found, and it, you'll kind of, I hate to say this, but you'll notice later on in the final dinner scene that she's not looking her best. Oh, uh, I mean, she was doing, her, she was doing amazing on that oh. mountain. I mean, she's carving it. She's splashing that snow on you. It's looking great. Yeah, she's really slaying it. Meanwhile, Jen <laughs> Shaw and Lisa and Mary are, well, Mary's making snow angels, which, uh, yay for a, a good... Uh, you know what, that's something you would do. Yeah, and listen, I don't... A snow bearing. I don't want to dislike any of my housewives, so I'm always looking for a reason to like Mary in particular, and Lisa. Me too. So I, I really like that moment with I Mary. really want to like each one of these characters, so I'm going to find something in each one that I'm going to love. I mean, Lisa and I already have Diet Coke together. Um, and Mary and I actually come from a similar religious background, so we'll get to talk about that next week. During <laughs> I love the ski instructor's name, Hugo. That's great. I just love it. <laughs> it's like, it's uh, you're expecting like Chad or something like that. <laughs> like, I'm Chad, the ski instructor. Yes. <laughs> you're um, going to shred this mountain. You're going to have a rad time. But no, it's Hugo. Now let me help you with your glove. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of Jen Shaw's glove, the way that she prepared for this ski trip was by taking what she called a ski lesson the day before. <laughs> which is just her at her house with her... I mean, she's got an army of 
of assistants. assistants that are there cheering her on while she's rollerblading around an obstacle course of designer shoes. That is, <laughs> oh my God, another iconic, iconic, iconic moment from Jen Shaw. That is amazing. I can guarantee you that moment's going to be coming back a lot in the future to be reminisced about. I hope so. I, and listen, I, maybe that's how I need to learn how to ski. I think we're going to have to do a video. Of, oh uh, we're going to have to put God. all of my designer shoes, which are AKA Adidas. <laughs> um, but we're going to do it. We're going to teach you how to shred and carve. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> After skiing is done, Heather and Lisa have actually had a good day together. Um, but Whitney and Lisa still don't feel good about each other. And we find out that... You know, they've been, Whitney and Lisa have been spending some time together and, but Whitney feels like Lisa's always given some sort of dig or some sort of being threatening in some way. Like, hey, we need to practically tell her she needs a makeover because she looks a little bit Utah. Uh, well, you look a little bit too New York. Yeah, I mean, it's just rude. It's, it's just, just rude. rude. I understand that you feel like, we found out last week already, you have a specific way that you like to dress that's very New York. Which I do love New York style. I love all styles from around the world. I think, I think that's what's amazing about different cultures and different areas from East Coast, West Coast, North, South. The environment goes along with the style. This For is sure. a mountain town. These are mountain people. I love it. Yeah, fashion, pop culture, all of that kind of reflects the area that you're in. Yeah. But then Meredith suggests to Whitney, she's like, maybe you're just misunderstanding Lisa. Maybe she's just trying to give you, like, the big sister advice versus actually, like, trying to threaten you. But by saying, I'm going to spread rumors about you, that sounds pretty threatening to me. It kind of sounds like a big sister, though. I mean, <laughs> you know I have four older big sisters. They True. fight dirty. <laughs> you know what? That's a really good point. That's really good. But, you know, it is... As your big sister insinuates that she's looking out for Whitney, but I don't know if I really feel that that's true. Again, I feel like the biggest issue about this whole thing is that it was spoken about on camera. But here's where we hear for the first time. Meredith says, oh, but Lisa always re you know, reacts out of kindness. She always, all of her decisions... She's really... very generous. Yeah, and so we hear that again coming later. So I feel that maybe... They've already had this conversation, Meredith and Lisa. And Lisa's like, oh, but you know me, Meredith. I always lead with kindness. And that's where I came. That's my or, thought. Or maybe she's had a deal with this with her before and has had the same line, line like, ready for the next person to say. Ooh. Like, for that person to, like, yeah. you know, this is the way she is. You know, like, yeah. maybe she's covering for her in a way knowing that she is like this. Well, listen, social media isn't buying it. I'm not buying that. <laughs> but you know what I would buy? I would buy a whole movie watching Whitney put on those thigh-high pink boots after after this when they're getting ready for dinner. Yes, they are going all the way up to the sky. Like you seriously, I mean it's there's it's insane. And the, the way she's putting it on too is just so sexy. I love it. It's really quite I'm going to start putting all my shoes on even if they're just like low tops and stuff. I'm just going to put them on like that. There you like, go. All the way up to my thigh. <laughs> but again, every woman I think in this scene is wearing black, white, and pink. Like that's the the color scheme of this episode. And if I remember correctly, the first episode. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, listen, 
my favorite colors. The, uh, I used to be known as the guy who wears pink. So the, you know, the guy who wears pink all the time. So I'm all about it. But uh, I'm not certainly hating. What I am hating, though, is it took them three and a half hours to get ready and they show up to the restaurant after it's closed. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, the restaurant's going to take them because, I mean... They're getting publicity. They're getting filming. tons of publicity. Yeah. And I bet all those people that worked there, when their shift was over, they're like, uh-uh, I'm staying, I'm watching. Right. <laughs> because I've seen this show. It's going to get crazy. Every single dinner that is on the Housewives franchise is always so juicy. Right. So yeah. juicy. And so Lisa says that she didn't ski, even though she's the one who was like encouraging Mary to come and get in ski fashion, she says she didn't want to ski because she didn't want to get hurt before Sundance, because as you know, she's the Sundance queen. But another name drop. I mean, I think that's kind of just what she's kind of known for. But I don't know if you've seen in the media lately, Katie Maloney from Vanderpump Rules, you know, she's actually from Park City. I believe Lala might be too, don't quote me on that, but Katie Maloney is from Park City, and she has been vocal on social media saying, listen, I grew up in Park City, I know Sundance, and Lisa Barlow is not a name that I know associated with Sundance. Uh-oh. So, oh, could you imagine a Salt Lake City Vanderpump Rules crossover? Oh my god, I would die. Well, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Vanderpump Rules now. Yeah, so maybe Katie and Tom can move back to Salt Lake City and Katie can join this show. Do we want that? Oh, that's not going <laughs> to end well. <laughs> that's not going to end well. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> can we edit that out, maybe? <laughs> but, so anyway... Um, I love that Jen Shaw, when, when the uh, server brings the drinks, Jen Shaw's like, Emily Rose, we're going to keep them coming. <laughs> right? Love it. After Jen gets her cocktails, then Whitney tells the ladies that she's going to take her dad to Mary's church. Now, oddly, I thought it was odd that he was considering going back to the Mormon church, but I, what, what I found even more interesting is that Heather suggests that he could go to any church, even though I think during filming she was still a practicing Mormon. Yeah, because I, I think even Heather knows, and what Whitney says later on, is that her father just needs to be around goodness and to make sure, just to be told that you're okay and you're safe. Yeah, the direct quote actually is, if someone touches him and says, you're okay, you're safe, that's what he needs. And that is what somebody needs at that point. They just need to know that they're okay and they're doing good. Well, isn't that what church should be? That's what church should be. That's what friends should be. What I thought was most exciting about this, though, refers to a conversation that I've had with one of my own Mormon friends recently about the difference between the cultural side of the church versus the gospel of the Book of Mormon. Like, the cultural side of the church, she says, is judgy. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean... Utah is a Mormon state. It's like the biggest gathering of Mormons. So every neighbor that you have is Mormon. My ex, his brothers both live here. One of them is a Mormon. We used to come here for Thanksgiving and Christmas. They have 12 children. It's crazy over at their house, but they are so nice and sweet to you. But every neighbor around them is Mormon as well. So they're all holding each other up to this standard. And they're always, like, judging. They're always looking over the fence at the next-door neighbor's yard. And they say that Utah itself is judging. I don't know if I agree with that. 
Um, maybe it's because we run in different circles. I'm not really sure. I feel like when we moved to Salt Lake City, we were really accepted and embraced by just about everyone that we met. And I definitely feel more comfortable in Salt Lake City being a gay married man than I ever felt when I lived in the South. Yeah, absolutely. Mormons actually, they say they don't care if gay people join the church. You just can't be a practicing right. homosexual. Turn it off. Yeah, you can't You can't be activated, but that's the, the funnest part of it, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. So uh, when I would go there to see their my ex's brother's family and stuff, I mean, his wife was her the oldest of 10 children and her father was big in the church but every time we went there they were always so sweet to us and so nice to us and they would give us so many homemade pies because mm-hmm. there are so many Mormon homes here that have fruit trees in their backyard because they are kind of waiting for what is it the apocalypse or whatever I don't know what it is in a Mormon term but they have like cold storage units and stuff and they're, they're taught to save and plan so they have a lot of fruit trees in their backyard and they make a ton of preserves, which means a ton mm. of awesome homemade pies. I want pies and preserves right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whitney then tells Lisa that she feels judged by her. And Lisa, again, not accepting it. She says, if you feel threatened, that's on you. Which, again, is just a cop-out, and it's not taking responsibility for any of your actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I don't care enough to judge you. That that's is, so rude. Oh, that is so man. rude. And that's another thing of her saying, oh, I didn't even know Heather Gay. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's just, I, I don't think Lisa can see anything past her nose, to be honest with you. And then back to one of my, another, my pet peeves that I mentioned last week. I don't care how you perceive me. That just means that you're rotten, and it's other people's fault. Yeah, I'm just not into it. Mary, on the other hand, is actually being pretty likable in this scene. (laughs) I'm actually kind of liking Mary a little bit, and she's just like, maybe maybe we should start over? Right. Um, Then Lisa finally agrees to to an apology, but again, it's one of those if apologies. If I did something, then I'm sorry. That's not taking accountability. What's so hard, again, about saying, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. But she does apologize a second time. She says, if. But she does say, I'm genuinely sorry. I don't know if that makes it genuine, but... And this also brings me back to the point of Meredith having already prepared speeches for having to tell people about Lisa. Because even Meredith says... I didn't think Whitney was going to bring it up in front of a group of people. What difference does it make if she brings it up in front of a group of people? I guess <laughs> Meredith already knows that Lisa's going to flip out about it. Well, I mean, and hasn't Meredith seen a Real Housewives show before? I, <laughs> thank you. There is no telling somebody one-on-one. <laughs> but Lisa starts to feel getting a little bit ganged up when Heather addresses their con- her continued hurt feelings about being snubbed at the party or something of, of, of the sort. And that's actually where um, Lisa says, uh, gives a, says I'm a genuinely sorry was actually to Heather, not to Whitney. But back to Whitney, I want to bring up another point where I'm like, see Whitney, I misjudged you. You're so smart. Because she says, I intentionally did not say the word swinger because I didn't want the conversation to turn to me being a swinger. I wanted to keep the conversation about Lisa being disrespectful. And I was like, oh my God, that's so smart. Yeah. And I'm going to remember that. 
It's true, though. I feel like she's a very old soul. She is smarter than most of these women on this thing intuitively i don't i don't know about smartness and like educational but i feel i I just love whitney so much i feel like she's just a great addition to this cast and i think she's going to be a great moral compass right yeah well after everyone's done barraging lisa with (laughs) the horrible human she's been they all finish off agreeing to a clean slate now there's, I'm 100% certain that that slate is still pretty dirty. <laughs> it is filthy. <laughs> but I'm curious, well, I mean, I'm curious, to, I'm hopeful for one thing, that we don't talk about the hospital, such, uh, I hope that really is a clean slate. Um, I, I'm pretty certain that Lisa and Heather do not have a clean slate. Actually, and Lisa and Whitney, I'm pretty sure those slates will stay dirty for the next few episodes. Yeah, absolutely. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go away anytime soon. Um, and now we've made it through our second episode, and Mary still has not had a scene where they've gone to her home and seen her house and met her family and introduced us her personal to that <laughs> side of life. Uh, now, I'm so excited about it. Well, you know, Bravo TV and the Bravo TV Twitter is streaming episode three already, so we do know how that goes down. But I just really think it's. It's funny that even though I give Mary a hard time, it's still kind of funny that we really haven't even been introduced to her fully and we've been through two full episodes. Yeah, so she's kind of a mystery right now and I'm all about it. (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for joining us for week two of The Real House Bears of Salt Lake City. It's been so much fun so far and I hope you guys all enjoy Make sure to stick around for next week for episode three when we will ourselves be back in Salt Lake City and hopefully have not such an echoey sound quality where we have a studio back in our home and we're going to recap episode three. Exactly. And thank you all for your support. If I could just remind everybody to go to um, iTunes podcast and please give us a five star rating and leave a review. It would be much appreciated. And if you could please, please, please subscribe to us on YouTube, I would be forever happy. You can follow us on all of the social media outlets on Twitter. It's House Bears of SLC. On Instagram, it's The Real House Bears of SLC. As well, we have our own Facebook page. And you can find us again on just about any podcast platform, Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and several more. Yay, I'm so excited. I do want to leave with one thing. Yeah? This is our last week in Cabo. Um, You brought up in last episode that things do get better. Yeah. Life does get better. Yeah. And a prime example of that is when I was 21, I came here to Cabo San Lucas and I was not out of the closet. I was actually very, very suicidal and didn't even plan to see my 22nd birthday. But while here in Cabo San Lucas, I decided to give my life a chance, give myself a chance. I came back home and I met a man and I ended up being with him for eight years, but I ended up coming out later that year on October 11th, which is National Coming Out Day to my family. And so that was when I was 21, and now I'm back here in Cabo San Lucas. I'm 34 years old, and I am happily, happily, happily married to a man. So I just hope that anybody that's out there that's young, that 
um, is afraid to come out, that is afraid that things won't get better. I hope that I can show you that life does get better. You just need to give it some time. What an inspiration. I love you. I love you. Thank you all. See you next week. Bye.